You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you this morning. We glorify you. Thank you for the ministry of your word. Thank you for the ministry of your spirit. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you, oh Father, we thank you. We bless your name. And Lord, right now, we just, we just commit this time to you as we go into the word. I thank you for the utterance. Thank you, Father, for your anointing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are the teacher. You teach your people this morning. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yes, we've been talking about the prayer of faith. How many people are enjoying this series? The prayer of faith. I hope it's changing your life. And I hope you are beginning to practice and apply your faith. I hope you are beginning to pray the prayer of faith. With understanding this time. With understanding. Do you know? Do you know? Go study your Bible. Most of what you receive from God is initiated by you. <laughs> I know, I mean, that rattles your, your religious mind. Yeah. So religion will tell you, okay, God will just do it. You just wait, he will do it. And yeah, God has initiated by sending Jesus. So he has taken that initiative by sending Jesus without you asking. Okay? Did you pray for Jesus to come? No, you didn't. So that was God's initiative. All right? So God took the initiative by sending Jesus. He took, did you ask for the Holy Spirit? No, you didn't. He took the initiative by giving you the Holy Spirit. Did you ask for the Scriptures? No, you didn't. He took the initiative by giving you the Scriptures. Did you ask for the gifts of the Spirit? He took the initiative by giving you the gifts of the Spirit. Did you ask for faith? You didn't. He took the initiative by giving you the measure of faith. To begin your walk. You see? So God has done his part. He has done his part. He is waiting for you. He is waiting for you. That makes a big difference in our walk with God. There's nobody I have spoken to who is angry and offended at God and feels God has failed them. By the time I analyze it for them, they see how they have failed themselves and they fail God. But because the veils of religion and, and whatever has blinded their eyes, we, we, we have pushed all the initiative back to God. Meanwhile, God is waiting for us. God is waiting. 
So if you don't like your present reality, do something about it. Do you understand me? Do something about it. Turn to your neighbor and say, do something about your situation. Stop waiting. Do something now. Okay? Do something now. If you don't like your situation, do something about it to change it. Do something now to change your tomorrow. And that's what the prayer of faith is about. The prayer of faith releases God's power and ability. It releases God's possibility. While I was meditating, you know, there are some thoughts that just ran through my mind. I jotted them down. Let 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 me just say them. Before we start the message, faith sees the invisible. Come on. Somebody say, faith sees the invisible. So if you are walking by faith, be ready to see the invisible. And then, faith believes the unbelievable. Get ready to believe the unbelievable if you are walking by faith. Hallelujah. Then faith hears the inaudible. Faith hears the inaudible. What nobody else is hearing, faith will hear. So if you are in faith, you will hear what nobody else is hearing. Hallelujah. And then faith takes the unreachable. Hallelujah. That which people don't have the ability to reach, by faith you will take it. You'll take it. Incredible. (laughs) Faith says the unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah. Like 10% of Midran. Sounds unbelievable. Like every household in Midran. Sounds unbelievable. But that's faith talking. Hallelujah. Yes. And another point, faith does the undoable. (laughs) That which cannot be done, that which has not been done, that which has never been done, faith will do. And all of these, there are many biblical references to support all this. If we decide to go that route. But these are just headlines I'm giving you. (laughs) Then faith manifests the unimaginable. The supernatural. Hallelujah. And the extraordinary. Faith has the ability to manifest they unimaginable. It's not up to God, my people. It's up to us. 
It's not up to God to stop the devil. It's up to you. It's not up to God. God has done everything. I remember reading a book years ago. Reading a book by a man of God. He, he went to heaven when he was eight. Okay? The Lord took him to heaven and showed him many great things in heaven. And that was the first time I heard of body parts in heaven. A, a, a storehouse in heaven full of body parts. And Jesus took him to that place. And t- told him, Jesus told him, this place is supposed to be emptied every day. Yeah. He saw eyes. And obviously they were not looking gory, you know. Don't use your earthly brain to try to process it. <laughs> they were not looking gory. He saw limbs. He saw, he saw a heart. He saw different body parts. And the Lord told him they are supposed to be emptied every day. But people are not exercising the faith to manifest them on the earth. Is it up to God? It's up to us. God has made the provision. He has put a whole storehouse. I mean, every manufacturer that manufactures anything always makes provision for spare parts. Isn't it? Car manufacturers, they, 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 if you open a dealership, there is provision for, for, for spare parts. Whether it's electronics, whatever, there are spare parts. So why do you think God will make humans and not have spare parts? <laughs> if man has enough sense to do that, how much more the one that gave them the brain? So, God has made provision. And that's why we need to build our faith for the unimaginable. Yeah. So that you can walk up to somebody who has no eyeballs and you say, read this in the name of Jesus. And they start reading. And the eyes just appear there. And they start reading. How about that? Come on. Yeah. It's like, like Smith Wigglesworth. I think I've shared that story with you. He was living, he was, uh, he was somewhere and he was, he was staying in with, a, with, a, with, a, with a family. And there was somebody there that had no limbs. And Smith Wigglesworth said to him, go and buy shoes. Come on, that's unimaginable. Is that an insult or what? What are you what what are you trying to say, man of God? He said, go and buy shoes. No limbs. He went to buy shoes. <laughs> That's right. What size? Any size you want. <laughs> yeah. He bought shoes and put them by his bedside. Went to sleep. By the time he woke up, he had feet. Come on. So, but religion has made us to push everything back to God that we are responsible for. 
and we wonder why things are not changing. Then we start blaming God. And we start accusing Him. God, why aren't you doing this for me? Why aren't you doing... It's because you are not doing your part. It's that simple. If you do your part, God has already done His part. <laughs> so, the main thing that is keeping us from experiencing God as we should is ignorance. Yeah, it's ignorance. It's not lack of God's power. It's not lack of God's provision. It's not lack of God's, you know, ability. No, no. It's ignorance, lack of knowledge. My people perish. For what? Did he say they perish because the devil is powerful? My people perish because the devil is so smart. My people perish because the devil is so experienced. Is that why people perish? No. And it, it, notice he says, my people. I think it's Isaiah chapter 4 verse 6 or so. Huh? Yeah. They perish. Why? Lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge is deadly. And that's why you need to read your Bible. When you don't read your Bible, you will keep yourself in the dark. That's why you need to come to church. When you don't come to church, you don't listen to the Word, you don't receive the light, you don't receive the truth, you remain blind and the enemy exploits your blindness. Takes advantage of you. You need to be consistent in your walk with God. Consistently feeding on the Word of God. Consistently fellowshipping with the saints. Consistently Worshipping God consistently. That's how the veils will fall off. Hallelujah. So, faith. You already have the, the faith that you need. You have the faith that you need. Because without faith you cannot be saved. Remember? Without faith, you cannot be saved. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. I like to read it in the King James Version, okay? The authorized King James Version. The version for kings. The version that was, was sponsored by a king. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, because we are kings, we like King James. Come on. Because we are kings. How many kings do we have in the house? So we love King James. <laughs> For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Notice that. There's a definite article that is being used there. The measure of faith. I know there are some versions that say a measure of faith, but a measure of faith and the measure of faith are two different things. 
So the measure of faith, there is a definite article there that indicates that the measure you need to start off has been given to you. You have received the allocation, the, 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 the exact amount of faith you need to turn your life around has been given to you. The amount of faith you need to be saved was given to you when you heard the gospel. Are you following me? Yeah. So God has dealt to everyone, everyone. There's nobody that is exempt. But it's up to you what you do with that faith. I was sharing with my wife during the week. I was just, I was just meditating and... All of a sudden, I just heard in the spirit that the mustard seed faith, okay, is actually a concentration. Faith, how many people, how many people have seen an atom before? Hmm? You've seen an atom? Okay, you haven't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But how many people have seen mustard seed? You've, you've, come on. Oh, some people haven't? Okay, okay. All right. How many people have seen the picture of a mustard seed? Okay. All right, okay. Fantastic. So, so it just came to me that actually the faith, the mustard seed faith is faith that has already accumulated to that level. So it starts from a nano level. It starts from a nano level like the atom, like the proton. Do you understand me? And remember I said to you that faith is, uh, faith is God's proton. Okay? Yeah, according to Hebrews 11, right? And it, ah, okay, let's not go there. Let's stick, let's stay, stay on track. Eric, be a good boy. No rabbit trails today. <laughs> okay, okay. So, yes, it starts from a nano level, okay? And even that nano level has enough power to get you saved. Do you get my point? It has enough power to get you to experience the biggest miracle. Because salvation is more powerful than healing. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Salvation is more powerful than raising the dead. Yeah, because in salvation you are taken from one kingdom to another. And then a new spirit is recreated into you. You now become a brand new species in the spirit, in salvation, in the born again experience. And the faith that took, it took to accomplish that is so potent and it can still do great things. All right? But by the time it starts, you, you spend time in the word, you spend time meditating, you spend time Applying the Word of God, it starts growing. 
it starts growing. You, know, you remember Jesus said to the disciples when, when he, um, when they couldn't cast out that demon from, um, from the, uh, that boy, was he epileptic or something? And Jesus said, oh ye of little faith. Little faith. He said, your faith is so little. It's not even up to mustard seed. It's so little. Because a mustard seed faith can move the mountain. It can transplant the mountain. It can relocate a mountain. The mustard seed faith can transplant any tree. But the faith you guys have is so little. It can't even move a demon. Because to cast out demons, it's, it takes, it's the prayer of faith you use to cast out demons. You don't use, oh Lord, you're trying to cast out a demon and you're speaking in tongues, the demon will be smiling. Why? Because it's the inappropriate prayer. Yeah. You don't address demons in tongues. You use the prayer of faith when you're dealing with demons. Come out in the name of Jesus. Lose him and let him go. Yeah. You see? But you have to do it in faith. You have to do it in faith. Amen. Oh, you're trying to minister baptism of the Holy Spirit to someone. And you say, oh, Father, just baptize him. Oh, Lord. Oh, Have you received? Have you received? Oh, no, 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 no. When I minister about the Holy Spirit, I tell them what to expect and I command them, receive the Holy Spirit. And that's it. So simple. I go, hey, receive. No, 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 no. That's, that's, what, is, what is that? I mean, if you, all of you that have seen me minister the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you, you, you see how I do it. Receive it. Father, I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Say this after me. I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's right. It's okay. Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, give me the utterance. And then I say, okay, receive it. And they start speaking. That's a prayer of faith. That's a prayer of faith. But religion will tell you, hey, okay, okay, okay. you start circling the person. Ooh. You must speak, you must speak, you must speak. And God is looking and saying, what is wrong with my children? What is this? Why can't you pray the prayer of faith? 
Yeah. So when I'm praying the prayer of faith, I'm, I'm using that kind of example so you understand how to apply it in different situations. First, you need to have faith. And guess what? I mean, I've been ministering the baptism of the Holy Spirit from when I was in high school. Okay, from when I was in high school. I led, I ministered the baptism of the Holy Spirit to my, my siblings. After I received, I went home and I said, kneel down. I laid my hands, receive in the name of Jesus, and they started speaking. You see? And up till today, they are still speaking. <laughs> you see? Yeah. So, from high school, I've been ministering the baptism of the Holy Spirit to people. And guess what? Over 95% of those I minister to receive. And it's never a struggle. The only time people don't receive, from my experience, is that they're too smart to receive. They're trying to rationalize. They're trying to figure it out. They're trying to, you know. That's, that's, that's the only reason. So, you can do it as well. I mean, start baptizing the Holy Spirit to people on the street, in the lift, over the phone, over the internet, oh, every, everywhere you do it, and they receive. It's, it's interesting. One lady I ministered to over the phone, and she received. Um, before then, I ministered to her before she came, oh, I can just receive this Holy Spirit. I said, are you sure? Do you really want? Are you hungry for it? Yes, yes. I prayed. I said, okay, open your mouth and start talking. I said, is that how you talk? Is that how you talk? You just, talk! She didn't. So she didn't receive. I felt this, when I prayed for her, the Holy Spirit came over her. She was shaking, but she didn't speak. So, the problem is that people don't know how to receive. They don't know how to receive. We put all the responsibility on God, and we forget that we have a part to play. When it comes to walking in the supernatural, we have a part to play. It's not all God. God wants you to do your part, because His part is already sorted. Amen? So, when I saw that she was struggling, I just left her. And some years later, she was still in the same spot. And she would call me, I have this problem. I, I said, look, if you have the Holy Spirit, you won't have this problem. Your prayer life will not be like this. It will not be as weak if you have the Holy Spirit. So, I said to her, if you are, whenever you are ready for the Holy Spirit, let me know. She said, okay, I'll be ready in two days' time. <laughs> okay. According to your faith, right? Yeah, in two days' time. I can't force it on you. Sometimes you go minister to people, you are trying to force things on them. Instead of you to identify where they are in the Spirit, and then you flow along that. 
Because you are so desirous that you want to push it down their throat. And it doesn't work like that. So when she said, I'll be ready in two days, okay, fine, no problem. Two days later, I phoned. I said, okay, are you ready now? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. I just explained a few things. And then I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start I'm going to command you to receive the Holy Spirit, and I will start speaking in the Holy Spirit, then you join me. Okay? And this is somebody in another country. <laughs> so, I spoke over the phone. I mean, I'm doing my walk, my, my daily exercise, while I'm, I did this. person is in Ghana, and I'm in, in Midran, walking. You see? So I say, okay, in the name of Jesus, say this after me. I say, and then I say, in the name of Jesus, receive the Holy Spirit. And I started speaking. And then she started, she joined me and started speaking. And then I said to her, how hard was that? She said, it was so easy. Can you see all these years? What you were struggling to receive was already yours. But you kept missing it because your mind was blocked. And that's what happens many times. Don't blame God anymore. Amen. For the rest of your life, don't ever blame God. Amen. For anything, Amen. don't ever blame God. Amen. No matter the situation, if you come and, if you doubt, if you think it's God's fault, come and meet me. And share it with me, then I'll show you where you missed it. Don't ever blame God for anything. God is never at fault. Never. And He never will be. He's not going to change with your case. Do you understand me? Yeah. We are the ones that keep missing God. Yeah. Oh, life is like this life. It's not God's fault. So just start from that premise. Okay? Accept the fact. Take responsibility and say, I missed it somewhere. Then now try to find out where you missed it. But if you start blaming, you start blaming God before you even start searching, He will just leave you to keep playing the blame game. Remember, I said over 90% of what God does. We initiated. Pastor, where is that in the Bible? Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. Let's look at that. <laughs> oh, my Lord. It says, assuredly, okay, it's on the screen. Let's all read it together. One, two, three. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Hey! Who initiates the binding? Come on, talk to me. Who initiates the, bi the binding according to this text? Yeah. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So, you know that in the Greek it says whatever. 
Huh? Whatever you disallow, whatever you declare unlawful on earth is declared unlawful in heaven. Yeah. So heaven is waiting for you. But you are waiting for heaven. Can you see where we're missing it? Say, oh, well, if it's God's will, he'll do it. Come on. Where do you get that doctrine from? If it's God's will, then you do it. Because it is God's will. Are you getting it? Yeah. If it is God's will, then you have the authorization. You have the backing of heaven to do it because it is God's will. Yeah. So don't fold your hands and wait for God to do it. No. If you want to get out of the pit, get out of the pit. Don't wait and say, if it's God's will, I will get out of this pit. He will take me out of this pit. No. You get out of the pit. Pastor, how do I get out? You find out how to get out and get out. That's it. That's how faith works. Religion, religious teaching has weakened the body of Christ, has, has crippled us for so many years and allowed the enemy to have a field day with God's people. That's the problem. That's why we're not seeing what we're supposed to see. That's why the early church appears, I mean, the early church is more powerful than the church 2,000 years later. The church in its infancy understood these principles. But we, after 2,000 years, we don't even know it. We lost it. But God is restoring it in our time. Hallelujah. People, men and women who understand the spirit of faith. Men and women who understand the prayer of faith. Men and women who will stand and say, this is illegal. I forbid it from happening in my home. I forbid this from happening in my body. I forbid this from happening in my mind. I forbid this from happening in my finances. I forbid this from happening in my church. I forbid this from happening in my street. I forbid this from happening in my neighborhood. That's what God is looking for. You initiated, heaven will back you. You initiated, there are angels to support you. Initiated. Lack of initiative is our problem as a church. That's the problem. We've abdicated our responsibilities. And now everything, is, let, let, it's, it's just God, God. And God is waiting for you. God is waiting for you to take a stand. And to tell the devil, devil, this is the line here. You don't cross this line. If you cross this line, fire will consume you. Yeah. You know, years ago, as, as, as a, uh, in, my, in my early 20s, I used to have nightmares, you know? All these dreams where they keep chasing you and, and witches are trying to, you know. I got tired. 
I got tired and I did something about it. Hallelujah. Then I realized that these things are under my control. So whenever they come like that, I wake up in the morning, I say, for coming this way, this is what is going to happen to you. I release fire upon you. The consuming fire of God. May the angels of God punish you, torture you, bind you, harass you. After that, witches started running away from me. Yeah. You can ask my wife, you know, many attempts have been made at our lives. Many attempts. And this, 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 this occasion, I mean, this lady, she, she comes to bring, her mistress sent her to, 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 to come bring some food to us. She came, delivered it, and then she said, Pastor, pray for me. I don't want to die. I said, why? Why don't you want to die? What, what, why would you die? He said, no. An angel appeared to me and said, if you don't pray for me, I will die. I said, you are not telling the full story. I'm not praying for you. I am not going to pray for you. Yeah, you're not telling the full story, so I won't pray for you. Why would the angel tell you that if I don't pray for you, you would die? Tell me the truth if you want me to pray. Otherwise, I'm not praying. She started crying. Please, please, she knelt down. Knelt down before us. Please pray for me. You want prayer? Tell the truth. She said, we have been trying to kill you. Hmm. Who are the we? Then she got stuck there. Who are the we? She got stuck. I said, oh, you are protecting them. No prayer for you. Ah! <laughs> Whew. It's interesting walking with God, honestly. And she told me. She told us, this person recruited me into witchcraft. And how have you tried to kill me? We put poison in your food, nothing happened. We put charm on your seat in your office. That charm, how it works is that anybody that sits on it falls sick and dies. But nothing happened to you. And she said, it is an invisible charm. <laughs> Say, nano level. <laughs> Hallelujah. Nano level charm. They put on my seat in my office. And I go sit down there. And then the power of God dismantles everything. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. No weapon formed or fashion against you shall prosper. Hallelujah. They shall gather together, but they shall fall for your sakes. If they come in one way against you, they'll flee in seven directions. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not making up these stories. I'm in God's presence. I can't lie about these things. Glory to God. And she shared the story. We tried to kill you by accident, and it didn't work. And truly, I had an accident 
You know this uh, uh, 16-wheeler truck that carries containers, 20 or 40-foot container, that thing drove into me. Hit from my side. It hit me and took me off the road and no scratch. He said, we tried to kill you by accident and it didn't work. Hallelujah. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Come on, somebody declare that. No weapon formed the fashion against me shall prosper. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Real life. You know? So we've tried and tried. And guess what? <laughs> we used to pray and say every witchcraft is neutralized against me in the name of Jesus. So everywhere we live, our neighbors used to enjoy protection because of the, the covering. We pray and cover that vicinity. We take charge over that vicinity and we say in the name of Jesus, because I am here, there is what is forbidden. Because I'm here. Hallelujah. <laughs> Takes faith. Takes faith. Or is it the time that I was on the plane from Johannesburg flying to Lagos and I mean, I've been flying all my life, okay? All my life. I have experienced anything you can say on, in the air. So it's not just simple turbulence. I know turbulence. <laughs> I know different situations on, in the air. I know. I've experienced them all. But this time, <laughs> oh my it was something else. It was the mother of them all. <laughs> we took off from, from Oatambo, and we were we had gone about maybe 40 minutes, and all of a sudden, the plane developed problems. It developed problems, and it was good. <laughs> Now, you know, when you drive on the road, there are times when you get to speed bumps or potholes. You know, in the air, there's something on another level. <laughs> now, normal turbulence feels like that, but this one, the plane was dropping. And at a fast rate, and people in the plane started, hey, people. You know, then the Muslims, no, I don't want to speak what they say. <laughs> they, begin to, they begin to speak and then they bring out their beads and then the Catholics bring out their rosaries and, you know, and people were throwing up. People were throwing up, vomiting. And there was this professor that was sitting next to me. Whoo! He started speaking his mother tongue. You know? <laughs> is this how it is going to end? Is this how it's going to end? And I was sitting there calmly. 
I was sitting there calmly. So I touched him. I said, relax. <laughs> I said to him, relax. Nothing is going to happen to this plane. And the guy told me, he's looking at me like that. I'm sure he thinks this guy, he has lost it. <laughs> the stress is too much. It has affected his brain. You know, I, I touched him and I said, don't worry. Nothing is going to happen to this plane. I said to him, I travel with angels. And I said, they are here. So nothing will happen. Hallelujah. I didn't say, Father God did it. No, no, no. I didn't. Honestly, it didn't even cross my mind to do that. I just spoke the word. I said to him, I travel with angels and they are here. So nothing will happen to this plane. And you know, a few minutes after that, about five minutes, because even after I said that, it, it, the guy was, his body was... Whew. People, people, wee-wee in their pants, people. You know, it was terrible. I've never seen such a thing before. Five minutes after that, boom, the thing stabilized. And then the pilot now made an announcement. We're going back to Johannesburg. <laughs> So we turned. People were, you know, they were quiet. When it stabilized, people started running to the toilet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. When we landed in Oatambo, oh my, you couldn't have heard such rejoicing. In fact, in church, rejoicing in church is little. <laughs> that was, yeah! <laughs> people were celebrating when we landed safely. Then the pilot said, oh, they're going to change something. You know, there's something they have to change. So we're there for about one hour in the plane. Then they removed it. And then we took off again. <laughs> uh, maybe some people even dropped. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But the point I'm trying to make is that when you're walking with God and when you are in faith, you see what others don't see. You hear what others don't hear. Come on. You handle what others can't touch. That's, that's, that's what faith does to you. I could have been freaking out like everybody. Oh, Jesus, is this? Okay, this is my time. Forgive me all my sins. Uh, <laughs> I could have been doing that. But I'm sure there were other Christians there. Hallelujah. Faith. Faith is real. Faith is real. So you need to know when to address God in prayer. When to address a situation in prayer. When to address the devil in prayer. Hallelujah. When to address your body in prayer. When to address your mind in prayer. Hallelujah. When to address money in prayer. 
Hallelujah. I remember um, Pa Hagen. He used to pray for money. Lord, give us money. This is it. And one day, one day he had a visitation and Jesus said, don't ever pray like that for money. Jesus told him that all the money you need is here on earth. It's not coming from heaven. So it's not heaven withholding your money. So Jesus said to him, if you need money, whatever amount you need, bind the devil who is holding that amount from you. Command him to release it. And ask that the angels of God will bring it to you. Come on. From that time, his prayer life changed and his finances changed. You see, if you don't understand the prayer of faith, you say, God, you know, you know, if I don't pay by tomorrow, you know what they're going to do to me? Oh, Lord, please, 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 Lord. Hey, God, please, what am I going to do? God is looking at you say, when you wake up from that madness and you stand in faith, then we can talk. Hallelujah. Amen. That's how, that's how you deal with it. When it comes to finances, that's how you Because a prayer of faith is a prayer that you can use for finances. To bring in finances. How many people need finances? You can do with some extra. Huh? Some extra millions, right? That's right. That's right. You can do with that. So don't just go and say, God, please, you know, if it be thy will, give me, I don't know how many millions you need. But you see, if you don't continue to exercise your faith, your faith won't be able to carry the amount you need. That's the problem again. That's why this thing I'm saying is important. Continue to build your faith. Because if your faith is on 1,000 rand or 10,000, and then you are going to God for 10 million, you'll be there for some time. And you might get gray hair waiting. But it doesn't take forever for your faith to develop. Do you understand? That's a good thing. So don't stop because I can pick somebody is like using some calculations to try to project how long it will take for his faith to grow. Stop that. Your faith can grow now. <laughs> yeah. It can go from little faith to mustard seed faith. If you do the right things. Every day you should be speaking some things. You should be declaring some things. Every day you should be believing for something. Even if all your needs are met. Great. Doesn't mean you stop using your faith. Okay? The problem is that most times... We use faith as a spare wheel. You know your spare wheel in your car? 
How many, how many times have you gone to check the spare wheel? How many people? When you, that's, it's, it's only when you have a flat tire, isn't it? That's when you remember, oh, there's, there's a spare wheel there. There's a spare tire. I need to, all right? That's when you remember. But when everything is fine, you don't, you don't bother about it. So that's how faith is to some people. Meanwhile, faith is supposed to be your main wheels. Hallelujah. That's, that's, so every day, what are you believing? What are you exercising your faith for? Okay, you are not sick. So, that, does that mean you shouldn't exercise your faith? Exercise your faith so that you don't fall sick. Yeah. So if you, are, if you are healed, if you are healthy, exercise your faith to remain healthy. All right? Yeah. Don't wait until you are sick. Then you now start, you take that rusty faith and try to now use it. No, don't do that. Every day. That's why I say consistency. Many Christians are weak because they listen to one sermon once a month. They come to church once in six weeks. They sit and listen and sit under this kind of atmosphere, listen to this just once in two months. And then they wonder why they are weak. Don't you know as I'm speaking to you, there is what is entering into you. The Spirit of God is entering. Faith is entering. Power is entering into you. Revelation is coming into you. Scales are falling off your eyes. Veils are being removed. Darkness is fleeing. As I'm speaking, so many things are happening at the same time. You think you can get that by sitting down at home reading your Bible? Try it. Hallelujah. My time is up. I haven't even, I don't know. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The spirit of faith, the prayer of faith must become common in our day. You need to become an expert in operating and using the prayer of faith to cause the impossible to become possible, to cause the unimaginable to become real. Hallelujah. To do extraordinary things, to do supernatural things. Hallelujah. Why don't you say this after me? Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, which is spirit and is life. I receive your word. Your word is in my heart. It is working in my heart. It is energizing me in the spirit. I will do the impossible. I will do the unimaginable. I will do the supernatural. I will do the extraordinary by the power of God. I have the spirit of faith. I believe and also declare that I am blessed. I am a major blessing. I'm going to be a blessing to my generation. 
I am a blessing going somewhere to happen. Power resides in me. I carry the power of God. I'm operating in quantum faith. Faith that produces results of quantum proportions. In the name of Jesus, I am favored. Wherever I go, my words are powerful. When I decree, things happen. In the name of Jesus, whatever I bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever I lose on earth is loose in heaven. I declare in the name of Jesus, whatever I forbid, whatever I declare, unlawful and inappropriate in my life, in my home, in my environment, is backed by heaven. The angels of God are dispatched to work in my behalf. I enjoy the ministry of angels in the name of Jesus. I declare that no evil will come near me. I am protected. I am preserved. My life is preserved by the word of God, by the power of God. There is no sorcery. There is no witchcraft. There is no divination that will work against me. They will not be effective against me, against my family. In the name of Jesus, I declare in the name of Jesus that I move from strength to strength, from victory to victory. In the name of Jesus, my weaknesses are translated into strength. I exchange my weakness for God's strength. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Hallelujah. I receive strength right now. I receive wisdom right now. The spirit of wisdom is upon me. It's flowing through me. In the name of Jesus, my needs are met according to God's riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I shall not lack any good thing. In the name of Jesus, wherever I go, favor abounds to my account. Thank you, Lord. I receive everything that Jesus has paid for. I declare that I am healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. 2,000 years ago, I was healed by the stripes of Jesus. Every sickness, every disease, every virus, every germ in my body dies instantly. In the name of Jesus, I declare that my organs function perfectly 
in the name of Jesus. My mind functions perfectly. My heart functions perfectly. My lungs function perfectly. My, my, my pancreas functions perfectly. My kidneys function perfectly. In the name of Jesus, my liver functions perfectly. My colon is cleansed in the name of Jesus. I declare in the name of Jesus that acidosis is not part of my body. In the name of Jesus, I declare that the acidity in my body is reduced. The alkaline in my body increases. The pH in my body increases to the right level in the name of Jesus. All the chemicals in my body function in perfect balance in the name of Jesus. There's no deformity in my body. There's no misalignment in my body in the name of Jesus. All the systems in my body function perfectly in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I declare, I declare by faith that my eyes function perfectly. My ears function perfectly. Every cell, every tissue in my body functions perfectly in divine health. Divine health is my portion in the name of Jesus. Jesus has paid for it. And I declare that it is mine. My life shall not be cut off. I am protected and preserved. Accidents are far from me. Premature death is far from me. In the name of Jesus, my home is blessed. My life is blessed. My, my, my family is blessed. My career is blessed. My work is blessed. My studies are blessed. My relationships are blessed. In the name of Jesus. No evil will survive around me. No demon will succeed against me. In the name of Jesus. I revoke curses in my life and in my family. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I give you praise. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's stand up. Give the Lord praise. Give Him a shout. Hallelujah. We celebrate the Word of God. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.